GodzillaMedia.com. Alive, surging up from the depths of the sea on a tidal wave of terror to wreak vengeance on mankind. Raging through the streets on a rampage of total destruction. GameZilla Podcast. Is this the end of our civilization? Prepare for gaming domination. The mightiest monster of them all. Grimlock the Dino 9. GameZilla. Welcome to the GameZilla Podcast, your last line of defense in major gaming news. I'm your host, Grimlock, and with me in the GameZilla Media Studios, my producer, the Deadite Knight. Well, that's a half lie. I am recording remotely from the Deadite Studios in the in my cabin uh, far away in the woods. Okay, fine. I'm your host, Grimlock, and with <laughs> me in the GameZilla Media Studios, my producer, Grimlock. And I have that's a right. uh, satellite host, the Deadite Knight. That's right. You're doing all the hard work today. I'm trying. I got both my hands on a keyboard and soundboard and, and you know, other appendages doing weird things that I cannot talk about. But Which normally that's what down. I do with my left hand. So yeah. you are really working overtime here. You know, I'm giving it a try. I'm, do, I'm doing my best. But welcome to the very special Xbox E3 2019 episode. We are calling it GameZilla Podcast episode 263. But this is focusing around Xbox at E3 2019, and boy, do we have a lot to talk about here. So let's get into it here, Deadite. Um, wow, first of all, let's let's just say it and get it out of the way. Microsoft, congratulations, you had a hell of a show. Yeah, no doubt. They really, really killed it this year. I, I don't think we need to, you know, hi, you know, hide, you know, play our cards close to our chest here and go, oh, did did Microsoft have a good show? Like, we don't need to play that. Microsoft came out and had a damn good show this year, and I had a really fun time watching. And I don't own an Xbox, and I loved every second of what we got to see today. Yeah, absolutely. So we have a uh, a full full uh, docket here so let's get started and, and just kind of go over some of the the uh, first pieces that hit we're gonna go pretty much in a chronological order of the show we are gonna skip some things because the show was very long and we do not uh, we don't we don't want to make this podcast super long with covering all the small stuff so we'll, we'll make mention a couple times here or there about some stuff that uh, you know maybe we're gonna be skipping but overall if you want to get a full breakdown there's plenty of places out there that are they're bullet pointing every single aspect of this. We are targeting some of the big news and then some of our own personal just things that shocked us and got us excited or or uh, you know or maybe a little bit disappointed in some ways. So we'll cover all that throughout this show. So to get us started, we're going to go right into the Outer Worlds, which is uh, our the new game from Obsidian. Uh, if you don't remember, Microsoft per, um, added Obsidian to the Microsoft Studios as a first party. A developer now, strictly for Xbox, and the Outer Worlds is that cool-looking uh, space exploration, dead space meets Fallout, and um, you know, and a lot of the of the developers at Obsidian actually worked on those those other games, so that's why you're getting that feel of this. Uh, the game looks really cool. We got a new trailer, and we got a release date. So, you got anything you want to add to that, uh, Deadite? And if you want to drop the release date, go for it. You know, I, the game just looks fun. Yeah, uh, exactly. And it, 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 
it's doing something that a lot of games are trying to do, which is I think uh, in some of the feel and the aesthetic and the way the way the game is presented, uh, trying to capture some of that magic that Borderlands has. And yeah, I think a lot of studios and developers are finding inspiration from the success of Borderlands over the last decade. And most of the time I go, man, eh, it's just another game kind of trying to be like Borderlands. But with this game, with Outworlds, I was like, man, this looks like something I would actually like to sit down and play. It looks really, really fun. Yeah, and they really play this angle that the character that you are going to be playing as really has that ability to be a hero, a villain, a psychopath. And and they started in this trailer kind of showing you that as far as, um, you know, someone saying, man, thanks so much for saving my life. Here, have my gun. You can do a better job with it. And then you turn around and you shoot him with his own gun. You know, yeah. so um, a lot of cool stuff. It, you know, Outer Worlds is nothing that we haven't heard of, but we got the date. It's not that far away. It looks cool. We're going to move on. And what was that date? I didn't write it down. Oh, sorry, that was October 25th of this year. Nice. Yeah, not too bad. So uh, following that, they wanted they clearly came right out the gate wanting to use some of their uh, recently purchased, recently added on first-party teams here, and they bring out Ninja Theory right out the gate. Uh, Ninja Theory, for those of you that aren't familiar with the, uh, um, oh, my God, Hell Sinua Sacrifice, uh, which was a very popular game the last couple of years, winning a lot of awards. This is the company that, that uh, worked on that, that created it. So turns out they were working on another game for several years when this uh, purchase happened, and they showed it off today with Bleeding Edge. And I think we're going to go right back to it. The art style was really cool, and it reminded me of something. Do you know what it is, Deadite? Did it remind you of Overwatch with a slightly more mature tone to it? Reminded me of Overwatch mixed with a game that we might have just used again, Borderlands. Absolutely. <laughs> Out of that That's kind of where that m more mature tone came from. Yeah, cuz you had the just ridiculousness of it, but the and the cel-shaded art style uh, that reminded me a lot of Borderlands, but yes, the gameplay is very much fe a feel of Overwatch, and that is because Ninja Theory came out and said they are working on this game that um, is a multiplayer competitive game, and that's what we got to see is this this weird, I, I'm not even sure this weird arena fighter that just looked chaotic but also really cool and the characters that they really focused on which again reminded me of like borderlands where like they'd zoom into a character freeze them and give you their name um they really had some interesting aspects like one guy sliding on his knees with a with an axe guitar that he uses mm -hmm. as a weapon you know another guy's face just starts like opening up and a flamethrower starts blowing out of his face like he's part robotic part human I don't know and just a lot of interesting characters that, that I wanted to see more of uh, mixed in a world of just some really creative um, some really creative interactive arenas and so, uh, June 27th is a technical beta. That's all we heard about it, but it looked really cool. Yeah, it's a game that I could be excited about. I'm curious to know, uh, you know, if we're looking at a $60 release, are we looking at something that's going to be free to play? Like, It's tough, you know, with, with the financial models of the gaming industry changing so much this type of game could this could this be the next apex legends could this be something that's brought out and becomes a cash cow through uh you know dlc packs and expansions and battle passes or is this going to be you know a full release is going to go more of an overwatch style 
Yeah, yeah, we'll see as they as they develop it out more. But uh, it, for a first world premiere, it uh, was very, it looked very cool, very pretty, and uh, I'm excited to see more. Okay, well, this next one, they didn't waste any time to pull at my heartstrings, but we had Ori and the Will of the Wisps, which is the sequel to Ori and the Blind Forest, uh, made by Moon Studios. This is a Metroidvania game that really kind of made me fall in love with Metroidvania games all over again. I hadn't been playing Metroid in them, you know, in the as much, and then I remember getting a hold of the original Ori and just down the rabbit hole I went, and after that it was just all I do is if I get a chance to play a Metroidvania game, I play it, and it's thanks to Ori. So Ori and Will of the Wisps is something that's very exciting for me. It looked the new trailer looked incredible. The bosses looked more epic than than ever. Mm. Um, it is included in, the, in Game Pass. Right, right from launch day, and they dro- finally, finally, finally dropped the re- official release date of February eleventh, twenty twenty. Are you disappointed by that? Were you hoping for a twenty nineteen release for this? I think I discussed it in the Discord with with um, some other fellow Metroidvania fans, and I said I would love if they dropped because they've teased Ori and Will of the Wisp now for several E threes. I was like, this could be one of those ones they drop and go available today, and I would just drop what I'm doing and go buy it and play it. But, yeah, we wouldn't be recording this tonight. <laughs> right, so, exactly. So thanks. Yeah. Thanks for saving the show, yeah, you'd, Microsoft. You'd be writing a, a very long, boring <laughs> blog because I'd be busy having fun. But, no, I don't know how to read or write. It would be me live streaming on our Patreon page just shirtless and crying and be like, I don't even own an Xbox. I don't see, know what I'm doing. It's better than what we're making right now. I, I, I think we made a mistake. But anyways, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, um, it's, yeah, it's slightly disappointing, but at the same time, this the tail end of this year is so just packed with games that I want to play that I'm kind of okay because I don't want to feel like I'm distracted from playing this game. By February, you know, the games that come out in November that I'm looking forward to, I'll at least have the initial, like, I have to play this game worked out of me, and I can then move on to Ori and just focus on Ori. So, um, but yeah, we have we have that official date now. The Did you have anything you want to say on Ori besides that? I mean, other than that, look, you know, it looks great. Again, I've only played an hour of the first Ori game, and you know I'm a Metroidvania fan too. Enjoyed it. I'm excited that there's another one coming. But again, because I don't own an Xbox, I'm really fingers crossed that maybe uh, Microsoft and uh, Nintendo get together and make a fun announcement to you know Tuesday that uh, could lead to me playing Ori. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, when the Game Pass comes to the Switch. Uh, but we'll see. The uh, With that being said, we're going to move on to our next one. It's a, a new game from the creators of Minecraft. They're calling it Minecraft Dungeons. And it's it's that's just that. It's a dungeon crawler, four-player co-op uh, that is, you know, the art style is Minecraft with uh, a spring 2020 release window for now. Um, I think you had a few things you wanted to, to kind of point out on this. Yeah, you know, I, we know I've never really got into Minecraft, but it is a huge brand in the world of gaming. Uh, what is it now? Currently, the number one selling game of all time. Uh, or it's like right up there with Tetris. And it's really interesting to me to see the way Microsoft is expanding this brand into other genres. Because if you think about it, the design choice of Minecraft from day one lends itself to being things other than what it is a survival building game or whatever minecraft technically is so it's cool to see that it's going to they're making a dungeon crawler and this will actually be a really nice i think gateway game 
to younger gamers to be able to experience the dungeon crawler genre. Yeah, no, I agree. This, this, okay, so I'm not a huge Minecraft player either, but this is that Minecraft piece that actually caught my attention because I'm like, oh, I, I want something that's more story driven, that's more mission based, not not necessarily just the sandbox to play in. And so this, uh, this definitely caught my attention where it looked cool and the the co-op aspect of it seems very fun. And of course, this is Minecraft, which has been. Uh, a lot of this has been shared across all these platforms, so you can expect something this to possibly find its way onto the Switch, the Xbox, you know, and, and everywhere else. So, um, again, if it did make it to the Switch, this would be a fun co-op game that that'll, that we could uh, enjoy with that device. Indeed. All right, we uh, are going to move on to our next announcement, which was Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, which we had already seen some of at uh, the EA Play, which is kind of the kickoff to E3, which happened uh, yesterday. But this gave us a new trailer, or at least I'd say a new trailer, but clips of it were the same. But there was definitely stuff in this trailer that we had not seen yet. Uh, all from from hijacking an ATAT, walking in and, and destroying parts of of a, of a establishment, and really looking. I, I felt like this looked better. The gameplay clips that we that we kind of got quickly, they looked more polished than what I saw at EA Play. So to me, trailer was incredible. It just gets me more and more excited to to go on this adventure with this new character in in this universe that that there's a lot of new stuff going on, but I'm also seeing hints and things all over the place that tie into the lore that I am familiar with. And of course, we already got the release date uh, yesterday, but we are getting Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order November 15th of this year. It's excitingly close, and so I didn't watch the EA trailer that was released yesterday, uh, so this was my first gameplay glimpse so far, and, uh, you know, spoiler alert, if someone wants to experience the trailer for the first time, if you didn't watch this, I'm giving you a couple moments to just skip ahead, uh, but, you know, the, the footage starts going, and then boom, all of a sudden you're seeing Forrest Whitaker's character from uh, Rogue, Rogue One. One. Yeah. And I was like, oh, what a cool way to make this canon, tie it in. Uh, and, you know, again, it's a character that we saw in a one-off movie we thought we were never going to see again. And now they're going to expand and tie it into that story. That was something that got me very excited just as a Star Wars fan. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, you could tell that this character from Rogue One is younger in this game and more, yeah. you know, obviously still in this story. Uh, I guess he was still in the fight, but he was more like he's more involved in the actual fight. So this is uh, it kind of starting to give you a window of time and really start to establish this. And now you really want to know what's going on with Cal, um, the the protagonist in this game. But overall, the trailer was good. I'm really enjoying his little um, his little droid. That, yeah, it looks fun. <laughs> uh, from the trailers uh, in the we saw 15 minutes of gameplay yesterday, and so. The, you know the 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 when he's damaged and he needs to be healed the actual you know your character you sit there and you're like hey a little help and like you see this little droid that hangs out on his back just pop him like a little like uh, syringe of healing and then he like injects it or, and, and heals up so i i've enjoyed so far the puzzles seem to involve him being able to hack computers they really involve this droid versus just being this gimmick that's like attached to you nice all right, next one up is uh, Deadite's uh, first kind of oh shit moment, and that was uh, the Blair Witch game. 
Yeah, it was really exciting. So they start off with showing you this this very weird uh, shots of the woods. You're getting a glimpse of it being a survival horror, you know, and there, there's there's camera footage that, you know, the camera footage seems to keep like jumping back in time. And it's this guy and his dog and they're out searching for a kid in the woods that's missing. And the, this trailer was shown off in such a strange way that it kept jumping around and you're like what is going on what is causing this there's spooky stuff in the woods and you know i i was hooked i was into it because i'm not a survival horror fan i've never gotten into playing a survival horror game and really just been engrossed in it and loved it and i was like this game looks really cool i want i want to know more about this especially because there's a lot going on with this dog companion i go this looks like this could be a cool experience and then Right when they're starting to hook you and you really are confused to what's being shown off, the the camera kind of pans like it's like a drone shot, you know, over the woods and you see the Blair Witch logo like in the forest. Yeah. And, and like that was one of those like, oh, you know, because I wasn't a big Blair Witch fan back in the day. But you and I with uh, with our boy sci fi AJ went and saw the remake and it was frightening. It was fun. Like we had a really good time. And I'm like, this could be a scary as hell game. And it got me excited to see what this game is going to be moving forward. And I think this is actually something I could uh, end up playing. Yeah, super creepy, uh, very <laughs> stress driven as far as anxiety where I'm like, oh, my God, what's going to happen? And uh, and you're right. It's just just overall, it was uh a surprise to me where we we looked at this and I go, oh, I didn't know anything about this game. And on top of it, we got a release date of August 30th of this year. So it's it's not mm-hmm. far away at all and uh, looks looks to be interesting. I, I look forward to uh, learn more about it. I also liked the idea, like you said, you're, you're this character and then you have a dog named Bullet that, that you're working with. So anytime you add a dog to a video game, you have my, att- uh, my attention for sure. All right. This is Next where up a big one. Yeah, a big one. This this took another this was like it was just haymaker after haymaker in this but but this was one of the big ones for sure. Cyberpunk 2077 took the stage and we got uh, a new trailer, right? And the trailer was just this cinematic trailer that was very pretty and we you know we watched a guy that was involved in some sort of uh, you know, theft hijack thing and He's returning the goods to to this other you know um, group of people, and they you know of course they turn on them and want they're going to take what they want, and then they're going to kill them. Well, very good trailer, but my first thought was, no gameplay. This is this is a trailer that's cool, but again, no gameplay, and that's when he he overpowers a guy. He starts fighting and and like and trying to kill everybody in the room to survive because they're trying to kill him. And it looks like he gets shot because then it goes black. You wake up and you're in this like this trash, like a dump, basically. And um, you hear somebody and you just see like their legs pretty much like, hey, get up, samurai. We got a world to burn. And it pans up and it's none other than Keanu Reeves looking like yeah. looking like a shaggy John Wick from the in the future. And I'm like, what? He like Keanu's in this? What's going on? And then of course it cuts to the live stage and and this door opens and Keanu comes walking out on the Xbox stage. And I love this dude. Okay. I've enjoyed him since the Matrix. He I love him in John Wick, but watching him on stage made me realize this dude's just a 
fun giant kid. He's just a kid that just loves this stuff, and you could you could just sense it. Where yeah, he had a teleprompter to read, but he was up there just like someone's like, "You're awesome," and you see him smiling, kind of shaking, and he just like kind of like squats down. He's like, "No, you're awesome." Like he's yeah. just he's just a fun guy, and that's every time you read something about him, it's uh. It's always good. You always you're like, man, this dude sounds like a genuinely just awesome dude. So, anyways, he's in. He, he was asked to be in this. He he plays a role in Cyberpunk 2077. He took the stage. He got the room all hyped up because then he turned around and said, "So, I mean, like, what? You guys want a release date?" And the entire facility just erupted. I mean, it was so loud. And he goes, all right, well, then check out this trailer. And they cut into another trailer that is completely gameplay. And I'm like, oh, oh, th- this is, wow. And then, like, every time I kept, like, processing the fact that this that I was watching gameplay, I was like, oh, that was cool. Oh, that was cool. Oh, that looks pretty. And then it literally just ends with a April 16th, 2020 release date. So there you have it. Cyberpunk coming out next year, April 16th. And you got and you got a nice uh, taste of Keanu Reeves' character in it and, and his involvement. What did you think? So you know the the first that first trailer where you know I remember I was feeling the same thing you were like ah oh, it's a little disappointing that we're just getting another cinematic trailer but at the same time I was like you know this is a really good cinematic trailer it's making me interested in this character it's making me interested in this world uh, it, it it was really well done but at the same time I still had that thought of. Hey, uh, we've been hearing about this game for a couple years now. I'd like to see a little more footage of what the game's actually going to be like. And, you know, feel that little bit of disappointment again. It fades to black. The character's waking up. And then again, I have some of the same thoughts as you. Like, I'm looking at this person's legs. And the first thing that came to my mind is, that's kind of a weird shot. Like, is this going to be like... An actor we know. I instantly had that thought like this was going to be a reveal that they've digitized someone into the game because otherwise I think they would have just, you know, done like a person's eyes opening and boom, there's another character. Hey, man, we got work to do. And as soon as they paint up, as soon as I saw it was Keanu, legitimate chills. I was like, oh, hell <laughs> yeah, man. And like I'm blowing up your phone because, you know, you and I were texting the whole time we were watching the shows. To, and uh, I was like, dude, <laughs> Keanu. Yeah. And uh, it, it just so it good. made me more excited for this game which i would say my excitement's moderate for this game you know I, i've never played witcher so i don't have this like cd project red love that a lot of people do but as this projects continue to evolve i go okay this looks like a cool game and now knowing that keanu is going to be involved i'm like oh, this is going to be a really cool story yeah i'm uh, i'm excited i'm ready for this and again i'm completely good with the release date because it's far enough away where I can pretty much plan to say, hey, when that date hits, that's that that's the game I'm focusing on for for, for, quite sure. a, for a while. But um, all right, so then you know a couple other games kind of came through that uh, we're not going to talk about today. But the next piece that we did want to focus on was, <laughs> yes, <laughs> and and to be fair, I I had already knew that something was coming because when the show started, you know, you you kind of get into this highlight reel video before the show actually starts, and in that mm-hmm. highlight video, I caught glimpses of this weird animation that I was like, "That's Battletoads, hundred percent, that's Battletoads." And sure enough, that music hits and the the artwork loads up and we have a new 2D uh, brawler Battletoads. And 
the art style I don't know if it, if you'll agree with this, but it instantly reminded me of like the early two thousands Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles kind of reboot. Yes, what, yes, yeah. it very much is reminiscent of that. Skinny at the bottom, bulky at the top, um, uh, sharp lines as far as as far as like their feet and stuff, just real real blocky in a way, but but like not in a bad way. It's very appealing to me. I like the art style and then watching them, you know, in in gameplay and seeing some of the bosses and even like the um uh third person view of the of the speeder speeder area where you're dodging stuff instead of a 2D side scrolling. Um it looked really really cool. But at the same time, I was left there just bummed because I'm like, oh, yeah, this is it. This is it. And I'm busy, like, updating the Discord and fr- and, tell- and texting my friends. And then I'm like, wait, wait, we're already we're already on the next game. Um, and so I text you. I'm like, did we get a release date? Because I missed it. I totally missed it. I can't believe I missed it. And that's when you're like, no, no release date. I also could have missed it, but I don't think I did. I don't think they gave us a date. Yeah. And or I'm even like, a time window. They could have said summer 2020 no, or something. You nothing. Know? I'm like, a wait. surprising. Like, it's been years since since um, we saw, we saw Phil Spencer take the stage with a Battletoad shirt, and we're like, oh, something's happening. And then year after year, we're waiting, we're waiting, and finally we get this. And now you're telling me we don't even there's no date, there's no anything. I feel I'm like, come on, like this has to be soon. So maybe maybe we still find out this weekend or sorry this week with E3. Uh, but either way, we know it exists now. We've seen gameplay. I can't wait. I love Battletoads, and they're playing. It, it really, truly looks like just a complete like fan fair. Just here you go. This is Battletoads with a new, with just slightly new artwork. You know, I. I, I can't really pinpoint exactly what it is, but I didn't care for the way the game looked. Like, yeah, it's stylized, but I don't know if I like the way it's stylized. And I can't sit here and say, this is the thing I didn't like about it. But I also didn't get a really excited feeling while watching it. I kind of went, oh, well, I guess that's Battletoads now. I, I can't tell you why. I don't have a good reason. It just didn't get me as excited as I really thought I was going to be. Yeah. Well, I think part of it, too, is that the second I saw the artwork, I just I related it to something else instead of it yeah. being like its own, you know. So, I mean, like I could see that where I instantly tied it to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles look and I was like, oh, I like that look. So I like this. But I could see where you're coming from, where it's like it it wasn't like unique in its own way to be like, oh, sweet. This is the next generation of Battletoads. It's just like, I know. Is this and we don't even know we don't even know necessarily for yeah. sure that this isn't just a complete like reboot of Battletoads with a new skin. You know, like it could yeah. it could literally be that too. Is this a new story? Is this a sequel? Is this a prequel? Like we don't you know, who knows? And not that not that Battletoads has like a crazy in-depth story, but I still care to know what's going on with that. What what I do know that I didn't like is I, I think it was a great design choice to update the speeder level to being sort of where you're scrolling into the back of the screen opposed to side scrolling. But, and again, this was a trailer for a game. We don't know when it's coming out. I actually thought those levels looked bad. Like if it, it, because it jumped, the art style changed for the environment opposed to the actual hand draw look of the toads. And I was like, ooh, this doesn't look good. But again, this is a game that could come out in a year. So maybe it's going to look great. And I know that was one thing specifically. I was like, well, that didn't really look that good because I think it was jarringly different from the art style we saw earlier. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. All right. 
Moving on, we're going to shift into a service now, and we're going to talk about the Game Pass. Uh, Xbox Game Pass is a service that you can currently buy on an Xbox uh, for 10 bucks a month, and you get over 100 video games that you can just download and play. Uh, it's a subscription service. Well, the you know we had heard that the PC Game Pass was coming, and today we found out Xbox Game Pass for PC, uh, open beta, available today. And that includes... Uh, games for the PC for the first time ever, which is the Halo Master Chief Collection, and they're starting right now with the Halo Reach uh, Master Chief Collection. So it's, I don't think it's all of them, but you're at least starting with the Halo Reach uh, version of the Master Chief Collection. Yeah, not bad. Yeah. And they mentioned a couple other games like Football Manager and some other game that I, just, I personally didn't care about that the PC people, I guess, do care about. Um, but... They, you know, like they, you are getting Forza, you are getting Gears, like they did, they, they went through a video and, and started showing you all these that are available on PC now, um, you know, for 10 bucks a month, uh, and you can get it right, you can, you could sign up for it right now and try it out on the new Xbox app that launched on the PC, already available, um, nice. for 10 bucks. So that first, like, kind of flagged where I was like, oh man, am I going to have to pay for my Game Pass on my Xbox and a Game Pass on my PC, like I don't want to double dip, have to double dip on this. Um, but something else had happened earlier in the day that we knew that we heard about, and we were already able to adjust. So I kind of was like, "Oh, I hope that Xbox Game Pass Ultimate," which is something that we had learned about. But today we found out some more information, and that is that you get everything. So Xbox Game Pass Ultimate is a combination. It's Xbox Live, it's Xbox Game Pass, it's all bundled together for $14.99 a month. So what do you get? You're going to get Game Pass for the console and PC and Xbox Live all bundled together. And you can do it right now if you're listening to this and E3 is still going on. I don't know if it go, if, if Microsoft's going to have this deal past E3, but right now because it's E3... You can go to well, anywhere. You can go to your Microsoft account on your PC, log into your Xbox, go through the app on your phone, however you want to do it, go to your subscriptions, and you can actually upgrade to the Ultimate version and for $1. And what that'll do is whatever you have left in your Xbox Live and your Game Pass, it'll combine them and give you Xbox Ultimate for that long. So, for example, if you got 12 months of, uh, of Live, you got a full year left, and you have six months of Game Pass, and you now have 18 months of Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. So, uh, and you get all that, you get that conversion for one buck right now. It's awesome. It's yeah. an insane deal. Yeah, so I definitely, I locked mine in because I had almost, I had like two years, plus, a, plus like, uh, what did I have left on my Game Pass if we're... Uh, like th four months left on my Game Pass, so I ended up like pushing mine out to like 2022 before I even have to worry about a single payment. So not a bad deal. It gets me ready. I'm gonna be able to enjoy things like like we had talked about playing Ori on the PC because of my new ultra wide monitor. Things like that that I'll be able to try just right through Game Pass without having to spend extra money. So Game Pass, though, I think right now we're we're watching something that we thought Game Pass was cool when it started. We've seen it evolve a little bit with third parties getting more involved. And, you know, we found today, like, Metro Exodus, Batman Arkham Knight. Um, what was the... My mind went blank on the other two. but they Oh, uh, Hollow Knight. And the fourth one, I can't remember. But those were all just announced, like, available now on Game Pass right now. You can go there and you can get them. So the growth of Game Pass and the concept of Game Pass and now this ultimate package 
is really showing that Xbox understands and Microsoft is, is really using this platform to just generate a community of gamers that are paying a, a monthly service to them and it's it's gonna it's working really well for them. I, I, I Game Pass is, is a great, great concept. Without a doubt, they're they're doing good work at Microsoft. Uh, real real quick mention because this has been something that's been around forever. It's a big, it's a huge deal for some people, and the, and now we are seeing the next generation of it. Flight Simulator got announced, and uh, my 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 note that I have here on my document is wow, the the visuals look amazing. The game is beautiful. Other than that, uh, I'm not a flight simulator guy, so I don't have anything else to say. Le- legitimately. Uh, I had the same thought when Forza uh, was shown off. Was it last year that the new Forza game was shown off? And I was like, am I watching a video game yeah. or is this real footage? Like, like really having to like look and try to figure out ways to convince myself that it wasn't real. This game looks really pretty, but man, a flight simulator game just sounds boring to me. Yeah. And I mean, I did, I did like the mention, both of us being in the IT uh you know, field here. We, I did see the mention of uh, satellite data being gathered, and then Azure a- uh, AI being used to generate these cities that just, you know, looked phenomenal. These cities that th- that you were flying around looking at. But okay, moving on. We did it. last year. We had Microsoft uh, purchase a bunch. What, what did they add? Seven new. Um, production companies. They, they purchased seven production companies and added them to their first-party list. Um, we didn't have a, a blowout like that, but we did have a new team joining the Microsoft Studios, and that is Double Fine Productions, which is pretty cool. Uh, if, you're, if you're not familiar with Double Fine, they've made games like Brutal Legend, Broken, Broken, Edge, uh, Broken Age, and Psychonauts being, I would say, their most famous game. Um so they, you know, they brought out Tim Schafer and had him talk. And basically <laughs> the joke was, we'll do anything for you now that we're on the team. If you need us to work on Halo or Gears or Excel, we'll do anything for you. <laughs> and I got a kick out of that. And, and they basically responded with, no, you, we just want you to make great games. And he's like, oh, thank God, because I was totally lying. He goes, but here's a trailer for Psychonauts 2. And we got to go look at the, the new Psychonauts game, which... My comments again is noted here as looks weird as hell. Have you ever played Psychonauts? I haven't. So I at a local retail uh, video game reseller in our area purchased a copy of Soul Calibur 2. I drove two and a half hours back to the place I was living. (laughs) This seems seems like it makes no sense. I don't understand why you even talk about it. Opened up my Soul Calibur 2 that I just purchased, looked down, and was like, what the hell is this game? Psychonauts? They put the wrong disc in. And, like, right away, I, like, pop it in, and people are like, oh, that's supposed to be, a, you know, online. Like, I post it online. People are like, oh, that's a really good game, man. And uh, I played the tutorial. I was like, I don't know. This might have been a cool game when it came out. I don't want to <laughs> play it now. I wanted to play Soul Calibur on the Xbox. <laughs> so, uh, it, it, yeah, it was neat, but I, I had no desire to play it beyond the hour and a half i think i put into it i was like oh okay this was nice this was yeah it looks it looks really cool i mean it looks way out there similar to like 
when I think about it, I think of like Invader Zim or something like that. That's just it's a it's out there type game, and it looks fun if you're looking for that platformer. Um, if you're a fan of, of that three D platformer style game, I think it's going to be great. Absolutely, and we're in an age where there is a, clearly a need for three D platformers, as we saw. Ukulele did well, but also sort of fell flat critically. So uh, right. I don't think that will be the case with Psychonauts 2. Yep, exactly. All right, skip it past some other things. The next piece we wanted to focus on was a game that I knew nothing about. It, it seemed very strange. And then as the trailer worked itself out more, I was just more and more like, wow, this is probably the most unique thing we saw this entire show. And that is a game called 12 Minutes. So I don't know about you, Dad, but this probably was that that game that just for me, I was like, wow, in a world where everybody's trying to make a Battle Royale game or trying to just copy something but make it better, like this game is very, I don't know, different in a way. It, it takes place inside of a room, one room, it, it, this little apartment, and it's top down, and you're this guy that keeps that's stuck in this like time loop. He's trapped in a time loop of 12 minutes, and he's trying to save this girl, this woman that he, I would assume, again, you're only looking at a 12-minute window, he loves, but it's just he he keeps reliving it like Groundhog Day almost in this 12-minute section, and it looked crazy. And they don't really call it a game. I think they call it like an experience or something. And on the, I can't remember what they called it on the trailer. They call they called it like a active trailer or interactive trailer or something is what yeah. they called today's uh, situation. And you know we we live in a time where there's a lot of independent games that come out that are very story driven and less gameplay oriented. And you know like let's use Journey as an example or you know there's just there's a, there's a ton of games like that that like, they're very artistic they're very beautiful. Uh, but at the end of the day, they don't draw me in because the gameplay uh, isn't isn't what I want out of a game. This looks like one of the the rare chances where even if the actual gameplay isn't super immersive, I'm just so interested. And what they showed me in the trailer made me just want to save this woman, or made me want to figure out what's going on. Uh, I I could definitely see me. You know, putting aside how I normally uh, buy and uh, downloading this game and giving it a go. Yeah, I definitely am interested because not necessarily my style of game, like you said, um, but this one definitely is that exception where I was intrigued by what was going on. I want to know. I want to know the backstory about this woman's father and and did she kill him or or did he die of natural causes? Like, you know, there's all these question marks from like, well, then what happens? Well, then what happens? And you kind of keep seeing flashes of him having to repeat, repeat, repeat and not, uh, you know, and, and slowly but surely hopefully get some additional facts to help him alter this 12 minute window that he's stuck in. All right. Moving into this next one is a big, pro- I mean, might as well just say it's the biggest one for me. Gears of War 5, or as they're just calling it right now, Gears 5. And we got to see a trailer of just uh, just one character. Just the, the, the new focus, I, I guess I would say here, um, with, with Kat um, just sitting there. And she kind of keeps having these like shadow faces 
um, flare off of her head. And they're different people. They're her mom. They're they're you know they're the they're JD. They're um well they're all the phoenixes. They're and so they're family. They're friends. Whatever. And they keep merging back into her. And you see her at the end, kind of start to get this like weird rash like vein discoloration going up her head and her eyes kind of change and then it flashes as the as the queen um and then she she goes back to normal and she starts looking at her necklace which that necklace is um you know holds a lot of information in it as far as what's going on with her and the bloodline that she's part of and blah 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 i don't want to get too specific in case people are listening to and right now they're plugging the ears going la 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 grimlock stop grimlock but anyways it was enough and the the trailer ended with the words bound by blood and then the coalition stepped on the stage and said they didn't even waste any time they're just like september 10th and I'm like, hell yeah, it's, that's a day after my birthday. This is the best birthday gift ever. <laughs> yeah. You know, and uh, Gears 4 came out right around my birthday, so that was another reason why I was able to, like, buy a new Xbox that was the Gears Edition, buy the Elite Controller that was the Gears Edition, buy the Collector's Edition with JD on his motorcycle, that, you know, and, and ended up with two copies of Gears. Like, I went all out. I'm going to go all out on this one. Now, um, now, can I say something about that clip of that trailer? Yeah. The, the clip where it was just showing... What's what's the girl's name? I I, I want to say it's Cat, but it might be Kate. That, it's something like that. Yeah, because I, I, I know from talking to you about the game because I've never played Gears, but something that's important for people who haven't watched it to know: I've never played Gears. Uh, well, I played a little bit of like multiplayer, but I've never played the story. I don't know anything about the the current Gears games. Um, this trailer, the music it was set to, the way it was paced, the way it was done, made me so interested in this girl and what she's going through in her head. And I was like, I really need to know this story. I need to know more about her and what's going to happen to her. And that's re- that's really effective presentation. That's what you want to do in a video game teaser trailer is take someone like me who you know, it's not disinterested, but has no personal investment in it. Someone you could sway to being interested in your franchise and just teasing them a little bit. And I thought it was really well done. Yeah, it, it was very well done. It is Kate, by the way, K-A-I-T. Yeah. Yeah, Diaz. Um, I just wanted to verify that. I, like, for some reason, my mind blanked. I was like, I know I picture her and everything, but for some reason, I have two options for her name. So this trailer, and I was talking to um, to Xander in our Discord, who's another big Gears of War fan, and he's like, you know, I'm torn here. From the guy that doesn't like to watch movie trailers due to spoilers and just I don't want any of that until I see the movie, I was completely okay with this trailer. From the guy, For the guy that's a Gears of War fan, I needed more. And I go, I totally understand. This was enough for me where I'm just like, yes. And I got the date so I can kind of, again, I'm like, all right, uh, April... You know, uh, or I'm sorry, not, this is September 10th of this year. So I'm like, all right, that gives me time before November. And and, to, and the, the tough part here is September 10th, we're, we're in that zone of Borderlands 3 is right around the corner, right? So right. I'm like, oh, God. But at the same time, this is Gears. If, if anything is going to make me split time, Gears of War would be that game to make me split time from Borderlands. But... um. Yeah, the trailer was was good. It, it, you know, we didn't get the gameplay. We didn't get we didn't necessarily get the a hint at the story or whatever. We and we have a little bit of it floating around from previous clips that we 
that we've uh, seen at E3 past year and stuff like that. But we did get the date. We did find out that um, you can get the four-day early access with the Ultimate Edition or if you're Game Pass, uh, with Game Pass Ultimate. So you can actually start playing this on September 6th, which I thought was kind of, I'm like, oh, sweet. For me, I'm very excited about that. Uh, we also found out that July 17th is going to be a multiplayer beta. And that was cool. But that's when they hit us with this new mode, this new thing that they're adding to Gears. So they kind of came out and they're like, listen, last game we had to prove to you that we could pick up where the last group left off and continue this franchise the way that you love it. And he goes, I think we did that. And, you know, and of course, he got a big cheer because Gears 4 was good. And so he goes, here's what we're adding. And he, and it goes into this thing called Gears Escape. And I'm like, what is this? Like, uh, you know, the characters I don't recognize. They're not like main characters. Three of them drop in and they, they like purposely get captured and they get brought into like the enemy territory. And you see them break out of like the, the cocoons that they're in and, and start like setting up these bombs. And then it's just this chaos of them running, killing, and this bomb going off that was that's spreading this like gas that's killing everything. And I'm assuming that it would even kill them if they got stuck in it. So, it, it, and the music they have going for this trailer was was amazing. And and um, what it was what, that little John Ozzy Osbourne yeah. mashup from like 15 years ago. It was like, so, let's go. Yeah, it was so good. Yeah, and I mean, if 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 Gears of War can do one thing that 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 no one can disagree to, it's take take a unique song and put it to a trailer and just win people over. I feel like since Gears Two, I every Gears trailer that drops, they got some sort of just cover of a song or something attached to it that just works. And this was perfect. I was like, man, man, I'm into this. There's no gameplay. It's just it's just chaos. It's a cinematic trailer, and I'm like, this is awesome. Well. It's a new three-player co-op, like uh, I don't want to call it horde mode, but kind of like a like a horde mode, uh, just high-intensity mode that they're adding to Gears Five. It looks incredible, and um, I, I I was a, a huge fan of the trailer. Um, and then you know they ended off with if you play in the first week or you pre-order the game, we got a little extra gift for you, and that was. That uh, you're gonna, they teamed up with the uh, Terminator Dark Fate uh, group, and you're gonna get a Terminator character pack to be able to play as a uh, as a Terminator, like uh, skeleton style Terminator um, in the game. So I was like, that's a cool extra little little perk there. I'm, I'm I mean, I'll have it because I'm definitely pre-ordering everything. Now you're you're breezing over the biggest part of what this Gears 5 reveal was. Sony chose to not come to E3 this year. Sony didn't think it was worth putting things on. We know how Sony's show went last year. They tried to do all this cool stuff, and it just wasted time and didn't work out. When the guy from uh, the Gears developer... Coalition. Coalition said, all right, well, let me show off this new mode to you. All of a sudden, like, fireworks start going off. Pyro. There's flames going everywhere. And, like, the bottom, like, part of the center of the stage opens up, and I'm like, damn, Microsoft, you spent some money on this. (laughs) Like, 
you're 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 balling out. You're really trying to trying to put on an, a show here because listen, anyone can pull up the trailer later on, you know. But this is a reason to watch the show. This was actually cool. And then okay, a little bit of flames, and then like the camera goes down into like the opening in the stage. And I was like, what is going on? What is going to be under the stage? You get under the stage, and they have a full environment of the 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 level that they're about to show off the mode like it's physically built under the stage (laughs) and they're taking you through and i'm like this is so cool i want to be in there i want to go in there and climb around because they recreated what they're showing you in the trailer in the presentation and it was done not in a cheesy way not in a you're wasting my time way but a Wow, this is super cool that they're doing this sort of way. And uh, to me, I don't know. It was I thought it was Microsoft flexing a little bit. Not to mention that they, uh, you know, had three WWE superstars down there chilling playing the games. I don't even know why they showed that those guys were down there. But AJ Styles, Xavier Woods, and uh, Tata Breeze—they're like, yeah, hey, we got these guys down here playing the game. I'm like, is that a live stream going on later that I can watch? They didn't even really hit on it, but I was like, they're like, we've just captured them, and now they're down here. Yeah, they didn't really explain how you're going to enjoy that, but they they were about to play the new Gears Escape mode, so they had the three yeah. of them, and they were gonna they were gonna play it. So I'm assuming there's some way to watch that. We'll have to figure it out, but they definitely didn't uh, explain it. But you're right that that opened up, and I was like, uh, was something supposed to come out of that? Because like for a while there, it just was kind of paused, and then the camera just flies down it like you're like a drone almost, and you just fly in there, and then I'm like. What am I looking at? Like, did they, and, and then I started to see monitors and like stations down there, and I was like, okay, what what's going on? And then it went into the game mode. But yeah, it, you're right. It was just that added level of production that didn't take away from the show, but definitely added a bunch of uh, value to if you were if you were watching it. It was some good sizzle. There was plenty of stake in this show. That was some damn good sizzle. Yeah, absolutely. So Gears Five, it's coming, and it, I, I'm I'm super excited. And they, they can make they can make another new Xbox. They can make a Gears of Five Xbox One X. They can, I mean, and obviously this next thing I'm going to talk about, they can make a Gears of Gears Five version of that. I'll buy it all come September. So, all right, uh, this this next piece right after that, they they go into this, and I'm I'm already having a problem processing everything in my head because I'm because Gears just blew my mind, and and so many things before that I'm still thinking about that they they drop what I thought we were gonna get last year, and it's a new Xbox Elite controller. But they didn't just update this thing; they like they, they redid it from the inside out. This thing they were going so fast I couldn't take as many notes as I wanted. But again, I was like, holy hell, this thing looks awesome from tension adjustments of your joystick where you can literally put a key, you know, remove the joystick, put a key in there, tighten it and change the type of tension that the joystick has a feel of. So maybe you like a little bit more of a, of a loose feeling joystick or a tight joystick. You can adjust that now all the way down to. Uh, three, you know, three different modes, or sorry, three profiles that you can save. Multi, uh, more than two, so three or f- three um, trigger stop adjustments. Again, where you just more of the things that you're used to, plus addition. Um, the grip of the that on the bottom of the original Elite controller is now kind of wrapped around the the front of the controller. The um, triggers have textures on them now for just so they feel better. And again, it just. One thing after another, I was like, "Wow, this is cool! This is cool!" And this is where it get. And then, of course, this is where they 
they finally do something that I think so many people have asked for forever is that it's a Bluetooth controller. Okay. Okay, cool. Thank you. We've been waiting for that. But then they didn't stop there. Then all of a sudden they flashed the bottom of it and they, you know, they kind of like phase through the plastic and they're like rechargeable battery. And I'm like, okay. Oh, cool. Rechargeable battery. And it's like USB C. I was like, good, good. That's what you should use. And then they throw the, this is when it just like goes that extra step where I'm like, oh my God. They, they put the controller in the shell case, right? Because we all know if you have an Elite controller, it comes with a nice shell case, hard shell case. And they put it in there, and you see the thing blink. And they're like, oh, yeah, 40 hours of battery life because it has wireless charging built into it, and it charges because there's an additional battery in the shell case that charges up, too, similar to, like, Bluetooth headphones, that like uh, like like AirPods or something like that, the, the, where the case acts as a battery. And I was like, oh, my God, that's awesome. And they're like, pre-order it today, Microsoft.com. And I'm like, so instantly when the show's over, I'm running yeah, over. Yeah, so wait, is that what you were doing when you weren't texting me back after the show? Oh, yeah, I was trying to find the link, and I'm like sitting here <laughs> looking. So Because my- <laughs> I, I texted you as soon as the show was done. I was like, dude, I just got to like go to the bathroom and like let's get this show cracking. Yeah. And like, I don't know, 15 minutes or so went by. I was like. Man, I really thought you were going to be like on texting me back right away. It all makes sense now. Well, part of it was me trying to like like I was I was still processing the show. I had the Discord blowing up now at that point. I had I had the phone blowing up not just from you but multiple people texting me and I'm sitting there just trying to like juggle it all and I was not juggling it very well. But part of it was me going to Microsoft and trying to find this and I found a a whole complete breakdown uh, article that I shared in the Discord. And I will uh, try to share it on social media here, too, after the show. But um, it does break down. The, the thing's going to retail for $179.99, which is like, it's a, when it comes to a pro controller, if this thing feels anything like the original Elite as far as the, the build quality, um, I just bought an Astro C40 uh, controller f- pro controller for the PS4 PC and I really like it but it was $199.99 and I can tell you that if if this Elite controller feels anything like the original Elite it's $20 cheaper and and a hell of a way more of a of a controller than unfortunately the Astro C40 is you know yes you're not going to go necessarily or you're not going to go use it on a PS4 easy without without altering some things but I guess if you're a PC player or an Xbox player, I mean, this thing looks incredible. Any thoughts on the controller there that I, I mean, you're not an Xbox person. I think your response is, I'm not was, an Xbox you're like, person. You're like, damn, this controller. I'm not, I'm not a premium controller guy. Like it's, it's hard for me to justify the price difference between the regular control. Cause I'm not good at video games, but I was like, this it looks so premium. That's that's the problem with some of these controllers to me. Some of like the custom modded ones, some of the scuffs. So I'm like, yeah, they look nice. They look like they're enhanced. This looks premium. This looks like something that you can closer to justify the price tag for. Uh, and that's something I can respect. And I just I was in I was in awe because I have held your your elite. I've I've played a couple games with your elite control that you currently have because you have the first gen one, uh, yep. the the Xbox. The, the, I mean, the Gears Elite one. And it's a it's a really nice controller. So knowing that there's something that even has more customization, uh, gives you more options, and it looks like it's going to be a better build and improves on all the features that I complain about about the Xbox controller. Seems like it's a huge win for uh, Xbox players. 
Yeah, no, and again, it just it looks fantastic. Um, I'm ex- I'm hoping that um, they they expand their their Microsoft ID um, customization platform, where maybe you can even customize these controllers to uh, with colors and things like that for. Uh, eventually, I mean, right out the gate here, it's looking like these are gonna, you could pre-order them, and they're supposed to drop around November of this year. So um, I, I don't expect that right out the gate, but overall, I think uh, this this is their next step. And and can they can they build on an already good elite controller? Now they have a better controller, and how do they how do they just continue to sell this premium piece of of equipment? So. But yeah, um, I was <laughs> so happy to see that because I, when we didn't get it last time around, when the rumors had circling around that we were going to receive one, I just kind of figured we weren't getting one uh, and that we would be holding off. But here we are, and um, it looks really cool. So next topic I have is uh, Forza Horizon 4 hit, and they're, they're dropping June 13th, so this week. They are dropping Lego Speed Champions DLC, and so if you're not a, if you're not familiar with Forza Horizon, it's that's more arcade style racer than than the traditional Forza line. It's just a more of that that stock that um uh, oh my gosh why can't I think of the word I want to use uh well anyways it's more serious of of a racer simulation there we go that's the word I was looking for but anyways. Um, Forza Horizon 4 is bringing that this DLC here, and it looks wild, similar to what they did with Forza Horizon 3, which they did the um, Hot Wheels DLC. And what we noticed with the Hot Wheels DLC is like, yeah, you got the Hot Wheels cars, and they were cool looking, but you also got taken out to this island that literally was a Hot Wheels track. You know, the crazy bright orange track that goes upside down and looping. Like, it was just ridiculous. They went all out with it. They're doing that again with Lego, except even taking it further, where you're watching these clips of legit cars, like cars that you're familiar with. So think of Porsches and Lambos and things like that, but they're made of Legos, and you're racing them around in a Lego world. But then they're mixing it up where it's like, okay, you're in a Lego world, but you're using real cars or, you know, Lego cars in the real world. Like, and and all sorts of cool stuff with like piles of Legos that you're blasting through and all all sorts of stuff. Um, It looks like a lot of fun. Uh, This is definitely some DLC that will pull me back into playing some more Forza Horizon 4. And it's right around the corner. So I like that. I like that the fun aspect of the horizon series is clearly important and they continue to do it and that that's that's my whole thing and in a world of racers that are that take themselves so seriously to have this arcade racer that that really is a lot of fun but still plays that balance role where they're serious enough that these developers or that these car makers will actually let them license the cars in the game because sometimes when you go too far out there you get games like Burnout that, you know, you got car makers who are like, I don't want you blowing my car up thousands of times. So no, you can't you can't have the you know the model of the Mustang in your car in your game. Here, mm. Forza has done it. They've found that happy medium where you can you can race real cars, but you can have them in, in fantasy worlds. So any thoughts on Forza there, Deadite? Not a ton other than it looks fun. Okay. 
Uh, but right after that, we had Gears Pop, which was something that we saw last year, and we didn't really know what it was. It's an iOS Android game. Um, it to me, I'm a again huge Gears fan. Didn't really care about this. Uh, you know, I thought the cinematic trailer was cute, and then when they cut to the gameplay, I was like, ooh, ooh, yeah, no, this does not seem up my alley. It just it looks like a you know, two people facing off against each other, and you just sit, you sit in the back, and you send like horde waves towards each other, and then you try to disrupt each other from being able to stop them. So the first person to end up having that horde wave actually get reach them loses. You know, like it. I don't know. It just it didn't seem like anything too special to me. Maybe maybe it was different for you. Nope. Um, again, I. I'm- have no personal ties to the gear series i don't really like playing video games on my phone so uh looking at this one oh it looks cute uh not gonna play it yeah and they basically just they didn't give us a date or anything they just said uh you can pre-register to get ready for the app if you want all right this next one um i still can't i still don't believe it first of all I, i just don't believe it it only took eight plus years but and I, I okay, so let me just let me just line this one up. They basically start this trailer, and on the big screen, I see Sega, and I'm like, okay, cool, we got a Sega game that they, they published somebody's game, probably like Platinum Games or some who who knows. And right away, it starts like just a black screen with like words where it's like, for the first time ever, finally in the West, and I'm like, wait a minute, in the West, I'm like, wait, 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 <laughs> wait, wait. I get my phone at this point. They haven't even shown a picture of anything. My phone is going bling, 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 bling. I got people reaching out to me that I haven't talked to in years. They're like, Fantasy Star, Fantasy Star, and I'm like, yup, yup, yup. And sure, sure enough, Fantasy Star Online Two coming to North America on the Xbox. Spring 2020, free to play, and boy, did the cutscenes that they show get me give me the feels. So I have been a Fantasy Star Online fan since the Dreamcast when the very first one came out. And I'm talking online series. I know there's Fantasy Star games before that, but the online series is where I just fell in love and played hundreds maybe thousands of hours of that game. And I've enjoyed every Fantasy Star Online that I've been able to get my hands on since. Fantasy Star Online 2 came out and was promised to be making its way towards North America, and it never did. And I've played, you know, on the PC where I've used uh, I've used VPN to to fake my my <laughs> to get into a Japanese uh, server and found found a server that's all English people that are trying to convert the game so that we can you know try to play it the best that we can like i've tried so many ways i've imported all the fantasy star online games for my playstation vita and then had to had to try to install hacked english patches onto a memory card just to try to get the game to half work i've tried it's been so frustrating so to see to see Microsoft make this deal with Sega and bring this over it is just so like it's such a relief it's just such a like it doesn't even feel real and especially like of all the groups that I would have ever thought like to do it it's Microsoft it's Xbox this company that, that you know doesn't have the best 
relationship when when it comes to selling their system and stuff in in the uh, in Japan and stuff like and, and and everywhere else over there. So to see this and other games that maybe we didn't necessarily bring up uh, today, but the JRPG world um, that they're that they're reaching out to and they seem to really be pushing um, for the Xbox One currently and the future. Um, is very it's it's very refreshing and it's honestly new to the the name of Microsoft. Yeah, you know Microsoft, it, being that I'm not necessarily a, a Microsoft fanboy or anything like that, it's it's been easy to look at the Xbox brand as being the the bro gamer brand. Let's play Madden and Call of Duty and Halo, bro, um, and have <laughs> very much ignored what's happening over in Japan. Again, that's reflected by. Uh, they just straight up don't sell Xbox in Japan. Like nope. the 3DS, the ori- the original DS probably outsold would outsell the uh, Xbox One right now in Japan. Uh, Not probably. It just, does. They, <laughs> they, yeah, they, they don't. They just don't have brand exposure over there. So seeing that, you know, hey, they're bringing over this very successful game in Japan uh, to. Uh, RPG players here in the States is really good for their brand because right now people who are hardcore RPG players will not buy an Xbox for the most part because there's nothing for them there. Uh, that's why they have to go Sony. And, uh, you know, and then, you know, something we're not going to get deep into, but they did show off the new Tales game is coming to Xbox, which again, you know, it's a it's an RPG for RPG fans. So uh, we are seeing a shift in the way Microsoft does business to expand themselves up to more types of gamers. Yeah, also Fantasy Star Online 2, it's coming to the Xbox, so... It's coming to the Xbox, man! I know, I my, what I text to Grim was, well, I guess I'll never see you again. It's pretty much as soon as I saw that Sega logo, I was like, well, that's the end of that, and I know what this is. Oh my god, I was, I like, <laughs> I didn't know what to do. I think, you know, everybody was like, hey, make sure, make sure Grim's doing okay, make sure Grim's okay, he might be freaking out, and I'm like, over here, I'm just like, I don't, I'm, I can't even like, put a put a sentence together let alone a thought i'm like this is this is real this is actually happening i had given up like i complain about metroid and i complain about you know stuff like that and and how we don't get enough games or we, we may never see another one i legitimately gave up on fan star i was like i loved you i still love you but i i understand i accept the fact we will never see fantasy star online too and maybe never see another fantasy star online so that was just a moment of like complete and utter just happiness for me. I just couldn't believe it. But we'll see when when spring 2020 comes around. You know, the, the game's pretty old, so I'm sure they'll feel dated, but I won't care. I will have a lot of fun with it. And I know there's a whole group of people um, that I will uh, team up with to enjoy some adventures because... There's a bunch of people that they don't understand why I'm so obsessed with it, and they want to. Or, and then there's the other group that that traveled down that road with me and understand the lack of sleep and the skipping school and all the other dumb shit we did to play that game and how we get to, get to enjoy some new adventures. So we'll see. Super excited. To finish this off on the game side, well, I guess not finish it off, but before we get into, like, the stuff that people everybody wants to know about. Um, Borderlands 3 got shown off with a new trailer, and I thought the new trailer was really good. Um, I thought it explained more in the sense of what the threat was from this new vil- this new villain group and, you know, 
kind of laid out the the concept of the story a little bit better than the initial trailer. And I, I definitely really liked it. And on top of that, we learned that we were getting... Um, oh, I remember what the fourth game was now that got added to Game Pass. It was the Handsome Collection. Absolutely, that was the other one. <laughs> yeah, which is, a, there's a reason for it, because they announced that uh, Lilith, the old siren, um, they're adding DLC to bridge Borderlands 2 to Borderlands 3, and they're calling it the Fight for Sanctuary. And that's going to be free DLC that hits for Borderlands 2 so that people can um, can enjoy that and, uh, you know, basically get ready for this new game that's coming out in September. That's such a surprising thing to do is drop DLC for, I don't know, what's Borderlands 2? A seven-year-old game at this point? <laughs> like, that's insane. I'm really excited about that. It's insane, but it's also, like, it's total gearbox move. Like, yep, if the, if the group was going to do it, this this is the group I expect to do it. And especially because they care so much about the Borderlands franchise that if since this game is supposed to pick up after 2, but maybe it's not directly after 2, they want to try to bridge it even more. That's super cool. Like, and and that's a group that now it makes sense. Like, not that they, not that there was no reason to update the handsome collection into 4K and and update all this stuff and get it all ready. But now because they did that, they can just slap on this DLC that is going to make a seven-year-old game relevant again. That's wild to me. And, uh, you know, people are going to play it and get ready for three and get hyped, and then they're going to move into three. And that's, uh, you know, that's perfect. Uh, it was it was a really good way to, to kind of end off the, the Borderlands 3 news with, with um, and, and we might get more through E3, but that, that was a cool way to, to, to see that. So, okay, so after that, uh, did you have anything else you want to add on Borderlands? Nope. Okay. After that, we did move into the, the end of the show, and... The, the stuff that everybody's wondering about. So let's get started. Phil Phil Spencer takes the stage again and basically goes, all right, let's let's talk about the future of Xbox with xCloud and console streaming. So we knew about xCloud. It's going to be their streaming platform. You know, it's going to be the competition for for Google Stadia. And, you know, they've they've talked about how their server blades are going to be able to produce hundreds of Xbox One X's as far as what what you're going to be playing on from a server standpoint, blah, blah, blah. Sounded really cool. But they added another piece to it today, and that was what they called console streaming. And we're like, well, what the hell is that? You know, kind of, oh, does that just mean, like, I can stream a game by connecting? Like, I don't know what that means. So, first of all, xCloud is public um, at E3. So people at E3 are going to be able to try xCloud for the first time if, unless you were in that closed access. But the, um, the next one was Xbox One. So the console streaming is going to literally turn your Xbox One into a personal and free xCloud server. And this October, you're going to be able to try it out if you have one. So you are literally going to be able to have your Xbox One X hooked up at your house, configure it to be an xCloud server, free of charge because you already own the Xbox One X, and be able to, at that point, tap into it from anywhere to play your video games anywhere. 
It's basically the way they advertised that. And I instantly was like, that is fucking cool. Like, I mean, mind blown. I was like, I never even thought about the idea that Microsoft could potentially let you, the owner of your Xbox, convert it into a hybrid gaming cloud that lives in your network at your house and use it as xCloud. That's genius. Now you're taking your own installation of millions of Xboxes and letting people have the option for someone like me who has very good internet speeds at home to be able to set it up where I don't even necessarily need your xCloud service. I don't have to I don't ha I don't need your blade in your data center over there. I can set up my own blade. And like from an IT standpoint who I am, that's very exciting where I was like, "Ooh, that's really cool. I can't wait to try that." What do you think about the announcements here? So I thought it was really cool that um you're going to have the opportunity to use the service for free on your own if you're a system owner. I liked that aspect of it. Um there's still a little bit of confusion on my part, like are, are, if you're using the home version is I have to imagine the technology is far more advanced than like PlayStation remote play. Is that, is that the assumption I'm supposed to have? Uh, because, you know, OK, what are you going to do? You, you hook your you hook your controller up to your computer. Then you're playing your Xbox games that are at home on your laptop when you're away. You know, what sort of connections do you need? I need to know a little bit more and I, I need to see something because right now, yeah, you can hypothetically dream up situations where it's super cool that you have this xCloud server in your game room and you're gaming other places. But I, I, I personally need to see practical application of what that means as a player opposed to making assumptions or making dreams. I need to see it shown off. Well, and absolutely. I mean, it has the same question marks revolving around it that Google Stadia does. As far as like, okay, that's great if I can set this up and my house has, you know, 800 megabyte, uh, 800 speed down, 100, 100 up, but I'm on my phone and I'm in the middle of, you know, nowhere and I'm running on 4G and I can't, does that support it, right? Like we've had all those questions before of how does it hook up and how well does it work? Like the hookup could be because I have my, my, my system at home set up to xCloud, like, Microsoft knows that. So is my phone dialing to Microsoft and, and their server, and then their, their server, their, their environment, instead of pegging me to a server there, it just redirects me to my house. So I'm running through their bandwidth. You know, I'm running around on their, their network infrastructure gaining advantages because of that. I don't know. This is all assumption. And, yes, we do need to know more. But I wasn't expecting this. I was expecting xCloud to be just that. It was going to be, yeah, I can pay into it and have this blade sitting, you know, in Chicago that, that hooks me up so I can play games on my phone or my or anywhere I want. Like, but at the same time, this added feature is really cool. It, it really keeps your, your existing environment uh, alive and healthy and giving them this ability to continuously get more out of their investment that they've already made and that's what that's the biggest thing that Microsoft has been doing over these last couple of years is just adding value to something that I already have but yes I need practical just demonstration 
of what uh, what what this is actually going to do for me. And and it's it's smart by the console manufacturer standpoint to show off, hey, uh, you know, hey, we're gonna ha- offer this this cloud streaming service. We're gonna offer you know whatever X Cloud ends up being. But there's still value and there's still a reason to purchase one of our boxes to keep in your home. That's the concern. You look at something like Stadia, there, there isn't a box for your house. And if you looked at you know, the way we assumed xCloud was going to go, we're like, well, you, you, this might be the death of the Xbox. You know, So they are showing that there is still value in purchasing what they have to offer in your living room. Yeah, and they made sure that they said, you know, hardware. We, I think they, I think they actually said, we have listened to you. Yes, and understand that hardware is important, and it's important for one thing: gaming. Yeah, you know that, was, and that was perfect. Like that was a good way to to talk about XCloud and to move right into the new console. So everybody wanted to hear it, and I think this is, uh, you know, just my own personal point on this is that this was a little bit of a disappointment to me when it came to the new console announcement because I was, I liked what they showed, I liked what they talked about, but it was, I guess I was expecting a little bit more. Um, but we did find out, you know, uh, we got to watch a video of a bunch of, bunch of people that have been working on it. The same team that, that built the Xbox One X is building this new console. And we, you know, so we heard from them, um, new processors, Zen 2 and Navi technology, you know, they're teaming up obviously with AMD, four times more powerful than the Xbox One X, new frame rates and resolutions that we have never seen uh, on a console. Next-gen ray tracing, so live ray tracing on a level that we're not even used to seeing currently in the PC era when it comes to ray tracing. So that's you know cool. And they really focused on the SSD, the solid-state storage, um, with next new new generation of virtual RAM that they're they're basically using this SSD as virtual RAM and increasing. Uh, with an increase over our current gen of over 40 times. So, mm-hmm. again, really being able to create power in different ways to eliminate loading times, to eliminate all sorts of things and really give, I think as Phil put it, is like current gen, The we wanted to show what the, you know, show you what the future was. You know, this this next gen is show and feel. So, like, yes, you're going to see resolutions and you're going to see ray tracing, but you're also going to feel uh, in the sense of no load times and just better performance and all that type of stuff. That that was kind of their focus. And um, they basically came out and said, this is the this new project. This new device is the foundation of console gaming and cloud gaming so this is they're building both worlds to, to revolve around this and that's when they called it the xbox project scarlet holiday 2020 and i was just like we already we already knew it was project scarlet like that i think that's where it bugged me i was like wait we, we already knew it was project scarlet like i guess maybe you hadn't come out and said it was project scarlet but like I was expecting you to tell me what, like, Xbox, whatever it was going to be called, like the official name. So, I don't know. I I appreciate that we, that they acknowledge it exists, and here's some, here's some stats, and here's a, here's a window, and cool. That was it for, for the console. So, what did you think? 
Well, it, it was sur- it was super underwhelming. I I didn't need just a hype reel about tech because I don't get super revved up about technical specs when they lay them out. I like to see practical application. I like to see here's what things are going to look like. Here's what things are going to play like. I like to see what the controller is going to be. I like to see what the hardware looks like. Like Those are the types of things I like to see. I understand we're a year and a half away, and a lot of that is probably a E3 next year sort of thing. Right. Um, so I, I almost would have rather – I would have rather them, them saved the three minutes of hype package and, you know, Phil just be like, we are we are currently working on the next generation of Xbox uh, home console. It's going to be a holiday 2020. Right now we're calling it Project Scarlet, uh, and you know it's going to be the you know the same team that developed the pro, you know, the Xbox One X is producing this. It's going to be the most powerful video game system ever, ever made, and we can't wait to blow your minds in uh, you know as the details come out in the future. I, I would have rather had that. 30 seconds of information than the drawn out six minutes of non-information that we got. How did you feel in that video when it was, it kept cutting to what I thought we were looking at like edges of the system, right? So like it kept flashing, like what I thought was a picture of the, of the system. And I was like, Oh, it's going to come. It's the first, first version is going to be white, you know, like, cause, cause the edges were white and I'm like, yeah, yeah, this is cool. And then at the end, it just fades out, and it's literally just a three-dimensional word, Project Scarlet. And I'm like, oh, man, that's not the system. So they don't even show you the system. They don't even show you what the box looks like. And again, you're right. With the holiday 2020, this is all gearing for next year at E3, which just tells me I need to be in L.A. next year in June because I want to experience this in person. But yeah. – um, but you know, it still was good. Like I'm not saying that it was it was terrible, but this was one of those moments where I was kind of like, so much good stuff had come from this convention or from this uh, presentation that this was kind of just kind of like, oh man, really? God, you're just pulling my leg. You're pulling my leg, and um, you know, it was good. And obviously, they end it with, uh, I can move. Is it cool if I move in this last? piece or did you yeah any- let's okay. talk the ra- last piece and let's yeah. wrap her up yeah we'll wrap it up so they move right into the fact that um you know 18 years ago they released the xbox and there was one game that released with it that you know critics claimed was just a reason to own an xbox and so phil was happy to announce that the scarlet will be launching with halo infinite which we pretty much, I, I pretty much already said this, and, we, and a lot of people had already assumed that like, the, the window really seems to fit here. Halo Infinite's probably going to be a launch title for the next Xbox. Well, we got confirmation, and we got a new trailer. And so the, um, the fact that we're getting a Halo launch with, with a new Xbox, that's, that's awesome. I'm, I'm 100% excited, like, can't wait. And 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 absolutely will be a day one. Just pick it up and, and get ready because I enjoy Halo. I, I clearly wasn't happy with the last game, but Halo Infinite really seems like just like how Microsoft has really listened to their fan base and tried to turn things around and give the fans what they want. I feel like that's the way Halo Infinite is working, and they're really really putting a lot into it. And you're listening to three four three talk about how with x cloud and azure and all these all these abilities that they didn't have in the past the things they're able to do with halo now is insane and so 
we watched this trailer. It's just a cinematic that uh, was really good, you know. And and the second that you saw Master Chief, you you for for any fan of Halo, you were like, it just took your breath away. Um, but but that was it. Like we didn't. We just got a little bit of a story. Left on a cliff, mm-hmm. and then the holiday twenty twenty window, and some really, really, really good music. If you're a Halo fan, you know what I'm talking about. So, um, yeah, it's just you're you're there. You are this this random guy in a ship with that that reco- recovers Master Chief, and you're looking out the window of the ship, and you see that we have lost everything. We we've lost whatever war. Uh, is going on, and uh, you know, basically, Master Chief goes, Let, "Let's get to work," and grabs a gun, and it's like, "We got to fight." And then it cuts, and there's something interesting where there's another another AI situation possibly going on here that's not Cortana. That um, you know, he's got this chip that he wake when he wakes up, he has this chip, and he puts it in his you know in his helmet. And at the end of this video, he's walking towards this weird like matrix of like data that's talking mm-hmm. talking to him saying like I picked you for a reason blah I knew that we would work well together and then it just fades and I'm like it's not Cortana what what you know like so again it's enough where I'm like oh I need to know more which is perfect for Microsoft because they're they're gearing us up where we have a year and a half it's enough time where you can leave me on these cliffs and I'll still I'll still be on this cliff when we come back next year. But um, at the same time, it's just like, give me a little bit more, you sons of bitches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it was yeah. a cool trailer. Again, um, my position with the Halo series is similar to the position with the Gear series, only I've played a little bit more Halo multiplayer. Uh, I don't really have any affinity or attachment for the story, but this was a very pretty trailer, and it made me at least a little more interested in it. And uh, I can tell you that Halo, a new Halo game launching with the next generation of Xbox is uh, it's a home run. It's it's them playing the, the biggest card that they can, and that's how they should do it. Yeah, it's a smart move for sure. Especially knowing that we have Gears 5 coming out before the next Xbox. You know, so when you think of it, their other big franchises, they're all kind of um, landing. Bef- they're already, they either already exist or recently come out or um, are landing before this next Xbox. So take Halo, you know, the king of Xbox, and give him that launch window is going to be uh, it's going to be a system seller. That's bottom line. So, oh. And that's it. That that's your that is your Xbox E3 2019 experience that was just overwhelming to an extent where even me just talking through this list again, um, I'm slightly flustered just processing it all. There's just so there was so much, and they mentioned they they admitted like this is record breaking. There's never been another company that took the stage at, at E3. You know, that's done something like this. Nothing this year, nothing in, in, in recent time where that much data had basically been dumped to the fan base all at once. So mm-hmm. um, it was it was good. It was really good. I um, I was a huge fan. There was, you know, some very intense moments. There was good comedy. It was a good production. Once again, this is uh, this is multiple years now that that Microsoft and Phil and, and Xbox team have been able to really just put together a great show. Um, that, that they, you can tell they put a lot of effort into and a lot of 
production and 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 just practice too. You know, they talk about rehearsals and all this stuff that they're doing to make sure this goes as smooth as possible. Where other companies that have just major hiccups. You know, I'm sorry, Sony, but I am going to point fingers at you from last year. Is that like you just have to wonder like how much more work is Microsoft putting into these types of events than other people because they seem to just be perfect almost, uh, and that's it's refreshing to see. So, um, yeah, I I'm not going to great like I'm not this year is weird because Sony's not there and uh, like yes we're going to get a Nintendo show. But everything's kind of weird because it's the E3s. This this year is different than any other year where people are. You got companies that aren't even at E3. You got companies that are announcing on their own platform, their own theaters, and and they're not really pushing it through E3. It's just kind of this is a week where we need to just cover news, talk about it, get excited, get up, you know, debate or or be upset about something that didn't happen and discuss it. I'm just going to simply say Xbox did a great job today. I'm very excited. I want to know more. And as of right now, I'm 100% on board to be to invest uh, once again into the Xbox uh, community or, or, and infrastructure um, with what they've shown me. So they're going to have to really crash and burn in this next year and a half to make me, to make me jump ship. But right now, I'm 100% on board. So here's the I, I, it, it's really hard for me to stay away from talking about Sony, even though this is Microsoft's press conference every other year. I watch the Microsoft conference and I go, yeah, I don't know. Don't really feel like I'm missing out that much. Let's see what Sony has tomorrow. Oh, Sony has cool things going on. Good. I'm glad I'm still a Sony owner. I'm not I don't really feel like I'm missing out on much by not being an Xbox owner. And this year comes around. There's no Sony to show off to give me anything to be excited about this week. Uh, but there's this Microsoft show that I kind of go, man, I'm kind of missing out by not being an Xbox owner. And that's a feeling that has been building for years. And every year I've been able to confidently say, eh, eh I'm, I'm fine. I'm good. No, this year's show is really, really good. They did a nice job selling their brand to me who's not a player. And I can at least go, okay. Let's see. Let's see what's going on with Xbox moving forward. Maybe it's time for me to jump ship from Sony. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's, That's a big win. It is that big question mark where I wonder how Sony feels right now about not being at E3 because after that um, that show and after and, and who knows what Nintendo is going to bring and everything that's happening or revolving around there and you really just don't have much presence there. I'm not saying Sony's not there. You got developers that are Sony based that are going to be at the convention floor. But they're not there presenting on stage, and they, so the so the people that aren't at E three, the world looks at this like you're not there. And so yeah. to me, I think this was a mistake. This is not the, you know, this is lead way that you didn't have to give, and because you gave it, like it's just not. It doesn't doesn't look like a good move, you know, in, in the long run. But we'll we'll find out here in uh, in about a year. And see see what happens. Less than a year. Once I'm assuming we're going to get that exclusive PlayStation show at some point here, uh, late this year, later this year, I should say. And maybe we'll we'll all change our tune at that point. But as of right now, they have an uphill battle at this point that they're going to have to prove why they took this break. Um, and they really, you know, they have a lot to answer for. So, um, and the only reason that's the case is because. 
You had Google Stadia come out and, and present a decent uh, presentation. You had Xbox just take the stage and, and blow people away. You know, Nintendo is always consistent and 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 they're going to do a good job and you know so when you got groups like bethesda ubisoft uh, ea and all these that are taking stages and doing their things you kind of just look at this giant that is playstation and you go what why are you not here like once again why are you not playing nice with others and it just you just look at it like why it makes no sense to me and uh, you know you don't have to be a genius to to look at that and say this just doesn't add up, but we'll see. Uh, feel free, guys, to always uh, join the Discord, gameslowmedia.com. Jump on over to the Discord, and, and there's an Xbox channel. What did you think of this presentation? Because it's one of my favorites that I can remember. Period. When it comes to me watching E3, I was just. So happy today. Just so many projects, so many games, so much technology that all of it was just so much fun. And I and I can't um I can't think of another year that I was just this pumped up. So um yeah, but I wanna let you, I wanna know what you think. Join the Discord, talk with gamers from around the world every day for free, gameslomedia.com. Dede, what do you got to say? Well, of course, thanks to the support of all of our patrons, patreon.com slash GameZilla Media, helping keep the GameZilla podcast free and available to the public. Uh, if you're enjoying this coverage, head on over to Patreon, uh, throw a few bucks our way. And of course, Grim and I will have another episode of the GameZilla podcast dropping for you uh, here in the next 24 hours, because you know, we're going to record um, and talk about some of the other things happening around E3. And then uh, Tuesday, always look, uh, keep your eye on us for uh, your Nintendo coverage as well. Yeah, E3 is a busy time for us. We love it. This is this is like the the time of year that we live for. So we're excited to cover all this, but we want to we want to interact with you. So if it's on social media, if it's on the Discord, wherever it is that you like to talk to us, start start posting and sharing what you think of what's going on here in E3. Uh, we love we love having those discussions. So everybody, thanks for hanging out on the special Xbox E3 2019 episode 263 of the Gamesville Podcast. We're gonna get out of here. Because we got uh, we got a little bit of rest before we got to do it all over again. So thanks for hanging out. Um, remember, we are your elite free DLC for all your gaming news. And until next time, game on! Game on! <laughs>